everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Sir Alan of the Roundtable. Hello. Howdy. How are you? It's a, it's a crisp. Is that another word for cold? Crisp. Yeah, that works. I feel like the outside is the crisper of my fridge. <laughs> Like, I feel like a vegetable over here. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a crisp, cold, a brisk evening. Brisk. I like that word. Brisk is maybe yeah. better. Yeah. Like, I think if it's uh, wet and cold, you get dank. Mm. If it's cold but dry, I just, it's crisp. See, now I think if I were going to have uh, a couple of twin sons, I might call them crisp and dank. <laughs> And now, now it's kind of rolling off the tongue. I kind of like that. <laughs> oh, you probably get a fight on that one, but who knows? Maybe not. Whatever. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> play along. Well, hey, I think we're here to talk about uh, season five, episode nine, Ron and Diane. Ron and Diane. Yeah, we, this one's been, uh, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Me too. This is the Parks and Rec Christmas episode from season five. So th they're going to do this episode here in early December. Then they're going to take basically off until the middle of January. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. So our next episode will actually be in 2013. Wow. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, this episode was directed by Dan Gore. We like that guy. We do. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Killing It, The Good Place, and a bunch of other stuff. Yep. Uh, this is one of two that he directed. He's more often a writer of these episodes mm -hmm. than a director. So that's kind of interesting. It is interesting. And the, his other episode was Campaign Shakeup. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. So, and then this episode was written by Megan Amron. Uh, she's a writer, director, producer um, associated with The Good Place, Simpsons, Silicon Valley, The Kroll Show, mm. other really funny stuff. So, yeah, it's a good pedigree. Yeah, it is. Very good pedigree. And this is the first of five that she'll ultimately be the head writer on. She was executive story editor on 34 episodes. So she had a hand in a lot of episodes. Nice. Yeah. So, Mark, why don't you kick us off with our synopsises? Oh, and I'm uh, gonna. Don't don't think it's not gonna happen. I'm, I'm ready. I'm bracing. I am I am chomping at the bit as they as no one says. All right. <laughs> I, I broke this sucker up into three stories. Oh no, not that. Hey, there you I go. Got it right there. Yeah. You got scared. We had, for we had a, All we right. had a problem there at the audio board. Uh Harvey. Yeah, Harvey's <laughs> oh, here. Harvey's here today? Harvey's here today. Hey, I need you to take a look at Alan's uh, board. I I know it could be a user error. I know. Just look, humor. Okay. It was totally Harvey. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So A story, B story, C story. So um, I have my A story yeah. as entitled, <clears throat> How much wood could a Tammy Chuck Chuck? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I like that. That one. that one just makes me laugh. Oh, that's very funny, Mark. All right. When Ron gets an award nomination from the Indiana Fine Woodworking Association for a chair he made, he actually looks forward to the event and plans to take his girlfriend, Diane. As Ron's self-appointed emotional guardian, quote-unquote, Leslie invites herself to support him. Ron and Diane arrive at the ceremony and Leslie is very excited to finally meet Diane. As Ron inspects all the woodworking equipment like a kid in a freaking candy store, Leslie attempts to get to know Diane, cheerfully peppering her with questions and conversation, as Leslie is wont to do. After being with Diane for a while, Leslie thinks she's perfect for Ron and happily tells him so. But, just as Leslie is thinking how great things are going for Ron, who should show up but she who must not be named, <laughs> the being known as Tammy too. Oh my God. Clearly there to once again mess with him. Tammy beelines for Ron. Leslie ushers her away and warns her not to screw with tonight. Not only does Tammy ignore Leslie's warning, 
but she goes so far as to arrange a seat for herself at Ron, Diane, and Leslie's reserved table in order to further torment Ron. What will happen? Will Ron win an award for chair? <laughs> will Diane end up winning Ron's heart? Will Tammy win an award for Ron's wood? But it... Hey, Harvey, you said you edited this. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> Crying out loud. Good Lord. Right. I, I mean, uh, <clears throat> stay uh. tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. What sexual favors did Tammy trade for the chair? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, family so anyway. show, family show. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I like your story title. That's pretty good. You set the bar kind of high. So yeah. I'm a little nervous yeah, for bar. both of us going forward. Yeah. But, uh, I went with Christmas themes. All right. I can see that. Yeah. So my, my A story is called Oh Little Dremel Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that one. That's semi-clever with <laughs> that, the woodworking that's theme. Good. That's yeah. Thank you. Good. Thank you. What you got for the B story? Um, she told me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Sorry. All right. <clears throat> All right. The B story I have as entitled. Speaking of Christmas tie-ins. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, Virginia. There is a Jerry dinner. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Here in December, yeah. Tom, April, Andy, and Donna are planning their annual sacred event, Jerry dinner. Anytime Jerry does something stupid, in quotes, they put a dollar in a box and they spend the resulting money on a nice evening out. This year, they collected, I think, over $500. So it's going to be quite a extravagant. Quite a dinner. When Anne learns what they're doing, she tells them how mean this is, but she's dismissed by the group. While en route to Jerry dinner, Donna has a change of heart, saying they should at least invite Jerry to go with them. So she turns the car around. She drives to Jerry's house where they find a large scale Christmas party in progress with Anne, Chris and Ben in attendance. What the heck? The four of them end up out in the cold huddled outside a window, peering inside at the festivities and wondering why they weren't invited. Oh my. How will this turn out? Can these four meanies figure out why they never received an invitation from Jerry? Does Anne have any sympathy for the meanies? What penance must the meanies perform in order to get invited into the Gurgich Christmas party? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. So also in the Christmas theme, mine was Jerry Christmas. Aww. Yeah. Simple, that kinda, but effective. That's kind of a give, him, a, a give you, but hey. yeah, I like it. Sometimes I aim low and hit high. Well, you, you struck a good medium. <laughs> nice job. Thanks. All right. So the C story I have as entitled, Chris Gets a Human Head for Christmas. <laughs> That's an inside joke. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Since Leslie is going you to... You see viewers at home? No, never mind. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down that. Since Leslie is going to Ron's event, see the A story above, and, and Ben is flying solo that night and takes the opportunity to make plans with Chris to hang out, they decide to both go to the Gurgich Christmas party, see the B story above, for which they both have invitations, <clears throat> unlike the meanies. During the party, Ben witnesses several things happen that earlier would have likely had Chris facing another mental breakdown. However, Ben is pleasantly surprised to find Chris rather 
level-headed with no visible signs of distress. Mm. Chris even goes so far as to look at an old picture of Millicent Gergich, whom he previously dated, with nothing but smiles and good feelings. What will happen? Will Ben finally get to meet Jerry's wife, Gail? What fascinating fact does Chris learn about full-fat eggnog? <laughs> does Chris keep calm when Millicent shows up with her fiancé? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Very nice. I, at first, I thought you said she showed up with Beyonce. Now, that would have been interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a sort of a change of rue there. <laughs> my, my title for the sea story, Mark, was a holly jolly Chris miss. <laughs> hey, three Christmas songs. <laughs> Three titles. Just saying. All right. You're you're yeah. consistent. They're okay. That's good. They're okay this yeah, week. Yeah, they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, nice job, Mark. Uh, what'd you pick for your AKA this week? Now, we should remind the viewers that yeah, yeah. we have uh, somewhat recently decided to curtail ourselves to only get the yeah. teep the heap, the best of the best, the cream of yeah. the crop. We pick one AKA Yeah, we're going to get to the business. Right, the yeah, business. The business. Yeah, I got the business. So mine is um from a great... Uh, Great guest star, Megan Mullally. Oh, my. Because uh, she has a bunch that I could pick. But the oh, one yeah. that I like is when um, she 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 uh, she shows up there at the, that award ceremony and she says, so much wood ready to be worked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brown oh, chicken, brown cow. <laughs> right. How about you? Um, mine's a bit of a spoiler. Uh, th there's a special guest star at the end who I just, I won't spoil it. All right. He's a jazz artist though. And he says, uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, but it must no be great. Idea. Go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He says, it's a, it's about to get warm up in my jazz. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. I like it. It's a favorite of mine. So yeah, that could be anybody. It could be anybody. Yeah. We will see. Dot, 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 dot. dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So nice job, Mark. Hey, let's uh, get into our episode breakdown. All right. Well, we uh, we open with the cold open, as we are so wont to do. Um, it's a, a medium size, I would say. It's about 68 seconds. I would say it's plot relevant. It's apropos, uh, Mark, that it's a cold open because you said it was cold outside. Geez, a brisk, brisk. It's a brisk open. open. Yeah, it's a brisk open. It's like a <laughs> golf tournament. There it is. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we open. Uh, we're at City Hall and we open with Ron in his office alone. Enjoying the silence. Mm. I believe he's actually doing a crossword puzzle, believe it or not, um, which is something he is wont to do. Yes. Um, that seems about right. Anyway, the next thing we see is Leslie, who is dressed up in some sort of red, green and white Christmas elf costume. It's like a scene, scene from Elf. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. She cheerfully prances into Ron's yeah. office with a bottle of wine in each hand. She's decorated for Christmas. They're decorated for Hey, Harvey. Hey, let's uh, let's play the clip, buddy. Thanks. Merry Christmas! What? Half Merry Christmas, half congratulations. Because I just received some news. You, Ron Swanson, have been nominated for an award from the Indiana Fine Woodworking Association. How did you hear about that? I've had a Ron Swanson Google alert for seven years, <laughs> and it finally paid off. Wow. Recently, I made a chair. When I was finished, I thought it was a good chair. I submitted it to the Indiana Fine Woodworking Association, who felt it merited consideration for an award. It's been a real whirlwind. <laughs> I have to confess, I'm very honored by this nomination. Right? This might be the first time I've ever wanted to attend an event. Oh my god, I love 
sense. <laughs> I can't wait to go tonight. Why are you going? As your self-appointed emotional guardian, mm. it is my duty to love and support you. Mm. Plus, you know, this is a big deal. You shouldn't be there alone. That's correct. I'm bringing Diane. Things are going very well with Even us. Even better. I am very excited to meet oh, Diane. Boy. You're not taking no for an answer, are you? Oh, I forgot to sing you my Merry Congratulations Christmas Carol. Jingle bells, jingle yay, jingle good for you. Get out. Yep. <laughs> Get out. Oh. <laughs> uh, That's not a bad little Christmas carol. No, it's pretty good, actually. Yeah. 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 But get out. I love it. I noticed Harvey was kind of bobbing his head he along was, as Leslie was singing. along back there. Yeah. 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 Rarely see him do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we open up the main episode outside of the cold open. And we learn that Andy is allergic to sushi and that Jerry has an annual dinner in his honor. Uh, lucky. So we're still in City Hall. Um, I think we're in Tom and Leslie's office as opposed yeah. to like the other common hangout location, which is often the bullpen. The bullpen. I think yeah. we're like in yeah. their office. Yeah. They're kind of gathered around yeah. Tom's desk. Anyway, so we see Donna and Tom and April and Andy, and they're discussing what swanky restaurant they want to go to that night. When Ann walks by, Tom asks her opinion, which prompts Ann to, to ask what the occasion is, to which they respond in harmony, no less. Jerry dinner. <laughs> we then get a Tom talking head where he explains every time we laugh at something stupid Jerry does, we put a dollar in this box. At the end of the year, we take all the cash and treat ourselves to a fancy dinner. And as I think we already alluded to, they have over 500 bucks. So there's been a well, lot of. They had two dollars just during the talking head. Oh, I know, because yeah. you can see Jerry in the background and he's <laughs> he's jerrying it up. He's jerrying in the background. Um, yes. Well, and chastises them for being so mean. As and, she should. And, and as she should. And urges them to at least invite Jerry to the dinner. Needless to say, her suggestion is readily dismissed. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. April defends it, basically saying, look, it's not mean if he doesn't know about it. It's like talking about people behind their backs. Everybody wins. There's a win-win. <laughs> That's right. Good Lord. Uh, remind, remind me not to be friends with these people. Done. Yeah. Well, Mark, over in the city manager's office, we and Ben check in on a much more well-adjusted Chris Traeger. That's right. We see Ben walk into Chris's office. And after some small talk, Ben tells Chris it feels like they haven't really had a lot of time together since he got back from D.C. And since Leslie is going to this woodworking award thing that night, he's flying solo, so to speak, and asks Chris if he wants to hang out with him. Chris enthusiastically agrees, saying it'll be just like old times in Indianapolis and gives Ben a big hug. Lots Aww. of hugs. Lots of hugs. <laughs> Lots of hugs. Well, as Chris points out, they are both in serious relationships. Yep. Ben has Leslie and Chris has Dr. Richard Nygaard, who he sees 15 times a week. 15 times a week. My God. God I don't even want to see that bill. No. I hope he's got good medical insurance. <laughs> even with the deductible and the, you know, the copay, it'd, it'd kill you. Yeah. All the, all the stuff. It's still got to be a it's lot. It's still going to be 15 expensive. times a week. My God. Jeez. Well, Mark, at this point we arrive at the main event, of course, the woodworking awards, and we see Ron acting like a giddy 10 year old and Diane gets a full dose of Leslie. Nope. She certainly does. We see Ron and Diane arrive at the Indiana. I love that song. Ron what? and Diane. Ron, Diane. Using that jack plane the best they can. Um, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. A, yeah. Poet we didn't even practice that. That's kind of good. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ron and Diane arrive at the Indiana Fine Woodworking Awards, as you alluded to. Ron is clearly excited. And we then see Leslie run up to both of them. 
she's clearly excited as well. But for a different reason, she finally gets to meet Diane. Ron is in seventh heaven here, as you might expect, and ends up doing a silly little Swanson-esque run over to a jack plane. And at this point, Leslie pounces, so to speak, on Diane in a nice way. You know, say, so tell me everything about yourself, your kids, your hobbies. What are your five biggest hopes, dreams, fears and regrets? Wow. I think Diane isn't quite sure what to make of Leslie at this point. She got hit by a Leslie tidal wave is what happened. She certainly did. Yeah. It's a Lesnami. <laughs> Lesnami. I yeah. love it. Is that like Les Nino? No, no, no. no it's nothing like it's that. It's not like that. No, yeah. no you, you have your terms mixed up. Clearly, I, you're not a, a Lesliologist. I, I really am not. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love that uh, Ron is so excited and he points out this guy who, who looks like, and he says, you know, it's, it's Christian Bexford. He's the modern monster of the shaker style. I'd never seen modern dream him in the flesh. He's just so like excited, like a little kid. And like, this guy looks like, you know, kind of nerd. Let's just say it. Yeah. 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 Like, and there's no one around him. He didn't look unlike Harvey. Well, a little bit. Just saying. Shh. I mean, no, 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 not at all. Not, no, he's no. not nearly as striking as our band Harvey. <laughs> is striking's a word <laughs> let's let's stick with that because that could mean anything <laughs> but yeah you're right because he's he's he's, he's giggling he's yeah. giddy he's dancing up and down yeah. and then he says and and diane says go meet go, him. go and yeah. it's like no 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 i I'm, I'm sure that he gets swamped with attention and the camera goes over to him yeah he's just no a, one within he's just a half a dude mile. he's just like drinking a cup of coffee slowly <laughs> no one's around him yeah. Kind of bored. It's great. Yeah. Well, elsewhere, Mark, the Jerry Dinner Crew, as I'm calling them, is on the road. You call them the Meanies, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I think they're the Meanies. I, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna adopt that now. Yeah. The yeah, Meanies yeah. are on the road and on their way to their annual dinner when they start to have a brief crisis of conscience. Well. Well, one of them. One, one. So there's, there's somewhere on the road in I don't even know if they're in Pawnee at this point, but they're they're oh. en route to not with five hundred bucks in their pocket. No, no way, they, that's Eagleton, Eagleton money. money. Dog yeah. on it. Yeah. Um. So they're they're en route to Jerry Dinner, and we see the Donna Mobile driving all four of them with Donna at the helm, as it should be. Tom in the passenger seat, April yeah. and Andy in the back seat, and they're excited about their upcoming Jerry Dinner. And and Tom prompts them to all start listing their favorite, you know, boneheaded uh, Jerry <laughs> moments from the past year that. Clearly contributed. Kind of like a highlight reel. That's right. A highlight reel, kind of. And almost everyone chimes in. But when it gets to be Donna's turn, she surprises everyone saying, you know what? Anne was right. This is mean. We're going to go pick up Jerry. And even though the rest of the gang protests, it's Donna's car. Donna's driving. And they are changing course. Yeah, Donna's rules. That's right. Donna's rules. But Andy does ask, and I think it's fair, you know, it's it's fair that he'd ask this. Hey, it, it, could we stop real quick? Because I forgot to put on deodorant and a jacket and one of my socks and <laughs> and I need to poop. But I can do that anywhere. You poop anywhere. <laughs> Good Good Sweet, stupid Andy early. Uh, and hard, <laughs> kind of like the Leslie Tidal Wave. Yes, yeah, exactly. They're, they're doing their thing. One sock. One sock. Yeah, I got all that. The other one, got it. <laughs> yeah. He lost it. I'm certain. I don't yeah. understand that boy. No. Yeah. But he's funny. Well, Mark, as we're going to often do in this episode, we bounce back over to the woodworking awards. And That's right. We learn which Hogwarts house Diane identifies with and a little bit about how she really feels about fine woodworking. Mm. Well, yeah, this is this is a relatively short scene. Leslie has continued to get to know Diane. And in a nutshell, she's very impressed with her. She likes her quite a bit and is excited that she's in Ron's life. I think her talking head at the end of the scene was, 
smart, funny, independent, and sexy. Diane Lewis, more like Diane Sawyer, <laughs> which, you know. High praise from Leslie. Uh, yeah. Come yeah. on, Leslie's mouth. That's a huge compliment. It really is. We did find out that um, Diane would like to uh, say Gryffindor, of course, but she's got to be uh, true to herself and she has to go uh, with Hufflepuff. And that's exactly what a Hufflepuff would do. Yes. Or actually more like a Ravenclaw, actually. They're, they're the ones that are true. Ravenclaw's true. Those Not like those lying bastards, the Hufflepuffs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we have to revisit the house uh, sorting uh, ceremony here. <laughs> well, Mark, as the meanies arrive at poor, lonely Jerry's house, yeah. they definitely put the ass in assumption. They do let that. Um, this is a really short scene, but just to kind of help paint this in perspective the donamobile turned around with the intent of picking up jerry yeah for jerry dinner so we now see the donamobile driving down the street in front of jerry's house but apparently there is quite the christmas party happening <laughs> there tom is offended that jerry well, sure. didn't invite any of them especially when they look over and they see ann and ben and chris all in attendance sweet stupid andy I, I, talking about Anne, I didn't even know she knew Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You are such a space case, uh, Dwyer. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, speaking of Jerry's house, warm and inside Jerry's house, we come dangerously close to a possible Chris Traeger freakout number one. Mm. Yes, we, we cut to an inside shot of the Gergich household Christmas party in motion. Uh, the party's in full swing. Music's playing in the background. They got a buffet table full of food, Christmas decorations galore. The works. As Ben remarks to Chris on how freaking awesome this party is, Chris drinks some delicious eggnog. So good, he can't believe it's non-fat. <laughs> and in fact, um, <clears throat> it, it not. Ben tells Chris that it's 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 not. Chris just drank regular, full-octane, full-fat eggnog. Right. Yeah. But instead of having what everyone has come to expect as a, a Traeger meltdown, Chris just kind of shrugs, saying, well, you only live once. Wow, who's this guy? What the hell's going on? Yeah. I don't know. I think those 15 sessions a week might be working. Up the voltage. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, we bounce back to the Woodworking Awards, and Ron learns Leslie's opinion about Diane and something unholy and from another dimension portals in. God, I hate that. <laughs> they really need to have better bouncers. They really um, do, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so we go back to the Woodworking Awards. We see Ron inspecting a chair. Because why wouldn't he? Sure. Uh, when Leslie walks up to him with both of her thumbs up. And long story short, whether Ron wants or needs Leslie's approval regarding Diane, he has it big time. Yeah. Leslie he didn't want it, by the way. No, no, no. No, he, he didn't want it or need want it. it. Nor need no. it. He's got it. Leslie begins a talking head saying how this might be the best night in Ron's life when, in the background, a darkness falls over the <laughs> award ceremony as... She who must not be named clip clops her way into the room on her hooves. That's right. Tammy, too. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. So that's where we needed that sound effect from earlier. Right. That's there. right. We should hey, do Harvey. that. Huh? We should do that. Well, let's do it. Oh, no. Not Tammy, too. Now we got to pay that royalty twice. But it was worth it. So worth it. <laughs> 
Well, Mark, continuing on at the Woodworking Awards, it turns out that it wasn't a nightmare. Tammy, too, is actually there, and Leslie does her best to run some interference. Yeah, warning, warning. This is not a drill. This is not not a a drill, drill. We see Ron sitting with Diane at a table when Leslie comes up in a slight panic. (laughs) And before Leslie can say anything of substance, Ron stands straight up, looks into the middle distance, saying, she's here, (laughs) isn't she? The camera then pans over to one side where we see Tammy close by. She smiles, clip-clops her cloven hooves over to the table, and (laughs) proceeds to torment Ron. Before things can get too heated, Leslie ushers Tammy a few steps away and tries to talk her down, but is ultimately unsuccessful. <laughs> I, I, my wife, I've told you this, works at the library. I played this scene for her. Oh. I love it so much. <laughs> Leslie says, shouldn't you be at the library forcing people to borrow books? <laughs> Tammy says, Leslie, you and I both know the library closes at 3 p.m. Oh, of course it does. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> my wife wishes, actually. But anyway. Well, Mark, speaking of running interference, back at the Gergage household, Anne is playing gatekeeper to the Christmas party with the sad and lonely now themselves, Jerry Dinner Crew, the meanies. The meanies. The tables turned. That's right. Tables turned, baby. So we see an inside shot of the party in full swing and everybody is smiling and everybody is laughing and everybody is talking and apparently enjoying full fat eggnog. The camera then pans over to one of the windows where we see Donna, Tom, April, and Andy, the meanies, jealously looking in. Hey, Harvey. Hey, let's play this clip, buddy. Press the button, please. Thanks. Mm, It looks warm in there. Warm and happy. Mmm, look at that gingerbread man. What? I don't see any gingerbread cookies. What's he talking about that jacked up light skin dude? Look like Blake Griffin. Guys, <laughs> there's a buffet in the house. I didn't even know you could do that. We need to crash this party. <laughs> and let us in. Let's go. Well, well, well. You want to come into Jerry's party. And why is that? I need a place to deliver this baby, Anne. It's coming out of me right now. I'm pregnant. <laughs> this is a lovely party thrown by a lovely man and his lovely family. There's no place for meanies. Oh, forget it. I'm coming in. Ow! Get off me! Wait. <laughs> You're so weak. Really? <laughs> I'm barely even doing anything. Are you iron deficient? Let me look at your palms. Ow! It's because of your man strength. Man Perkins. It's in, in. It's cold outside and I can't wear mittens because they're unflattering to my hands. Sorry, guys. This is your penance. You can come in if you do something nice for Jerry. Hey, I already did something nice for Jerry. I drove here to take him to Jerry dinner. That's true. Oh, Donna. You can come in. <gasps> okay. Oh, oh, Merry Christmas, beaches. Oh, well, whatever. It's Jerry's party. How cool could it be? <laughs> Santa! Never Santa! <laughs> oh, poor Andy. Oh. That's got to be one of my favorite parts. Merry Critches, bitches. Oh, my God. That was great. That was almost one of my AKAs, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mark, back at the Woodworking Awards, we see that Tammy is still up to her antics. And uh, I feel like she should have walked in in some sort of got wood t-shirt here. Too easy. Too easy. <laughs> um, 
Have you got mahogany? <laughs> um, so back at the woodworking awards, we see Ron, Diane and Leslie seated at a reserve table as the award ceremony officially kicks off with host Martin Housley, who we've seen many, Love many Martin times Housley. before yep. uh, and his numerous wood related puns, oh, which yeah. I also really enjoyed. Yeah. All of a sudden we see Tammy too walk up to the table and sit down. Leslie warns her that the table is reserved, but apparently Tammy found a, a way uh, to bypass the exclusivity <laughs> of the table reservation. Alley. Yeah, she, she traded a, a squeeze and a peek. <laughs> That's her butt and her boob, respectively. Ugh, remember that, Ron? <laughs> oh, my <Subtle>. God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Diane is like very level about this. I love this. I'm going to say something about that later, actually. Yep, me too. Well, over at the Gurgage household, we and Ben finally meet Jerry's wife, Gail. This is the moment when Jer we finally realize that Jerry is basically living a double life. Man, it, you know, for those of us who are fans of the great sitcom Cheers, oh, yeah. there's oh, Norm's yeah. wife, Vera. Yep. We finally get to meet Jerry's Vera, his wife, Gail. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to Here happen. we go. Should we yep. do the scene? Let's do the scene. Okay. So back inside the Gurgich Christmas. I'm just so excited about this. Back inside the Gurgich Christmas party, Chris takes Ben over to meet Jerry's wife, Gail. This starts a series of Ben mugging to the camera <laughs> so often he almost gets whiplash. Uh -huh. First, Ben is stunned to find out how absolutely beautiful Gail is. Um, second, Ben is once again stunned when Gail brushes some gray hair off of Chris's shoulder and calls him a silver fox. And Chris doesn't have a, a, a panic attack about his body being in decay, death being inevitable. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. that was Number two option, like he could have freaked out here, too. Oh, and Ben was like waiting for it. Yeah. And finally, when Ben asks Chris if he's OK, he is once again stunned when Gail cheerily calls him a gloomy goose. And then Chris, almost giggling, calls him the gloomy goose as well. Oh I can't tell if at this point, Alan, Chris is really that mentally healthy or if we are like living in some sort of bizarro universe. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's bizarro parks and rec. Yeah. Well, either that or the third option could be that he's suppressing hard. Like we just don't know at this point. So I far, guess it's possible. Yeah. But he hasn't really shown that capability in the That's past. That's just it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if this weren't real, we would have seen otherwise. <laughs> Relax, gloomy goose. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> Well, Gail would make anybody happy. Right? Yeah, she would. She's got that attitude. Yeah. Well, Mark, as if Ben and us weren't stunned enough, we follow that scene up with a little ditty from the Gergich family singers. Oh, so good. We see now we see Jerry sitting at a piano surrounded by his wife, Gail, and two of their three beautiful daughters, who I think we're seeing here for the first time. Um, Gail addresses the party. You know, Alan, tis the season to play mm. this clip. Harvey, do the honors, good sir. Welcome, everybody, to another Gurgich Christmas. Now, sadly, one of our three beautiful angels, Melisande, couldn't be here tonight. But our other two beauties, Miriam and Gladys, are going to help Gail and me play a little tune. Here we go, a caroling among the leaves so green. Here we come, a wandering so fair to be seen. Love and joy come to you, and to you, glad Christmas too. And God bless you and send you a happy new year. And God send you a happy new year. Oh, the revenue. 
I'm gonna call a cab. Why does everyone act like Jerry's the victim here? He's the one that didn't invite us to his Christmas party. Jerry Filter! <gasps> Jerry Filter! Who's Jerry Filter? <laughs> Unsurprisingly, Jerry sends a lot of annoying emails. So a while ago, I put a filter on all our accounts. Everything from Jerry goes directly to spam. And... Here's our invitation. There's three years of nice messages on here. Congratulations on your wedding. I'm rooting for you kids, Jerry. Hope you had the best birthday, Tom. I just tied my high score in snake. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, stupid Andy. Oh my God. Well, you know what? Now they really deserve this. Yeah, yeah, they really do. I hope Ann keeps Jerry's them not out at fault. He no. invited all of them. He invited them. How freaking perfect was that Christmas tune? I love it. Oh my gosh. That was so good. Yeah. Miriam and Gladys. Yeah, well. And they're all beautiful. Well, Jerry is D too. Dis disgusting yeah, so. Yeah. 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 Well, Mark, back at the awards, it's just about time for the big moment, you know, achievement and chair. And then uh, you know, you can feel the anticipation in the air. Maybe that's just Tammy's pheromones? I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know how science works. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're back at them, their woodworking awards, and we finally get to the category that Ron has been waiting for, <clears throat> achievement in chairs. So as Martin Housley goes through the, the nominees, Leslie gives Ron a little pep talk and like she tries to shield him from Tammy a little bit and in general tries to make him comfortable. And none of this goes unnoticed by Diane, who seems somewhat uncomfortable and maybe even a little bit put out. <clears throat> and the winner is Ron Swanson for chair. <laughs> so, I love that. Ron gets up, he kisses Diane and starts walking towards the stage, but not before Leslie captures him in a big hug, which Diane notices as well. Oh yeah, she clocked that. Mm -hmm. As Ron gets on stage and starts to give an acceptance speech, we see Tammy um, <clears throat> showing off her uh, her cleavage to Ron. Um, Another thing. As Ron tries his best to ignore her, Tammy starts showing um, e even more to Ron, <laughs> some of which may have been pixelated out. It's like a scene from Basic God. Instinct. Yeah, but it's not basic. It's no. Jeez, I'm crow. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's pointing to it at one point. <laughs> And so flustered and clear, but so funny, flustered so funny. and clearly distracted. Ron ends his speech abruptly, walks off stage, and he does not come back to the table. Diane watches all of this oh, and yeah. she seems a little unsettled at all this. She sure does. Yeah. I mean, it's unsettling. It is. It, period. On several levels. So many levels. Yep, yep. Ron's speech actually started off pretty good there, but by the time Tammy got into you know, phase three of the unveil, let's call it. Yep. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, this uh, all good night, good. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> well, back at the Christmas party, we get a chance to see what 15 hours of therapy a week can do for a person. Well, let me tell you. We see Chris picking up a picture of Millicent Gergich. And he looks at it and he smiles. And Ben sees this and is initially alarmed because like, okay, whoop, 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 yeah. this is not a drill. Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. But again, like before, Chris shows for, for him remarkable stability and maturity, it seems. But then, almost as if the universe is trying to thwart Chris, we hear in the background, Millie. That's right. Millicent Gergich has arrived uh -oh. with her fiance, Carl, 
in tow. Uh-oh. Yup. We'll see what happens there in a moment. Yeah. Well, while we wait back at the awards, it's time to recognize those amazing woodworkers who have gone on to the sawmill in the sky, Mark. Oh, such a sad, sad <laughs> thing there. Yeah, that we the those woodworkers who are no longer with us and the beautiful coffins they all designed <laughs> for themselves. themselves. <laughs> um, so Martin Housley is walking us through them, their clips there, which, mm-hmm. by the way, deleted. Scenes. Oh, I know. I'm going to talk about it. So. Diane and Leslie are now searching for Ron. Hey, Harvey. Yep. Yes, you know what to do, buddy. Hit the button. Let's take a moment now to remember those woodworkers who are no longer with us. And the beautiful coffins they all designed themselves. (laughs) Hey. Hey, have you seen Ron? He disappeared after the speech and I can't find him anywhere. Diane, the stuff with Tammy is so complex and weird and gross. It just would probably be better if you let me handle it. I'm not worried about Tammy. I mean, I'm a middle school vice principal. I deal with hormonal psychopaths all the time. Oh, great, good. What concerns me is you. You who? You, you. You, me? You're the one who's been at his side all night. You're the one who's been protecting him. You're the one who knows all the intimate details of his romantic history with that monster. Oh, no, 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 Diane, you misunderstand. I'm happily engaged. You and Ron have an intimacy that I just don't understand. So if there is a threat to my relationship with Ron, it's not Tammy. It's you. Okay, folks, fasten your seatbelts. It's the big one. Best desk. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. Well, I thought that was actually a really good point. I think it's a great point. Yeah. And doesn't it kind of speak well, I think, to Diane that she's not going to be spurned into anger by Tammy. She's uh, upset potentially at something a little bit more sophisticated. A lot more sophisticated and uh, and subtle if you weren't looking for it. Right. But yes, uh, she clocked it several times. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's been building up to this moment. So yes, that's a desk. I'm kind of proud of her, actually. But we'll come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after a quick break, we continue with the award ceremony. And Leslie takes a moment to catch Ron up on what he's missed uh, while hiding from, you know, the she devil, a.k.a. Tammy, too. Yeah, we see Ron jog up to Leslie and now he's looking for Diane. Um, When Leslie tells him that Diane left. Ron assumes it's because of Tammy. She ruins everything. Doggone it. But Leslie sets him straight and tells him, no, she left because of me. She's threatened by our relationship. Ron responds to that first with silence and then (laughs) because the thought of having anything Uh romantic to do with Leslie is funny, (laughs) but nightmarish to Ron. And and he tells her so. You're pro-government. You never stop talking. You have blonde hair. You're my worst nightmare. Nightmare. However, Leslie points out she kind of understands Diane's perspective. You know, Leslie's very close to Ron. Well, by Swanson standards. She knows when his birthday is. I mean, that's... Dude, that's huge. The only other person knows is Baskin Robbins. I know. They're not going to tell. No, no. They're not blabbermouths. <laughs> and Leslie is very involved in his life. Now, she could say that actually about a lot of people, but it makes it no less true about Ron. That's very true. I mean, and I think if, if Diane had that contact, she might have reacted a little differently. Agree. To know the Leslie filter on. But still, but it's, still. A, it's, it's a valid point. Totally. So Ron concedes the point. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're friends. Hush, hush about my birthday yep. and stuff. So what am I supposed to do? You know, Tammy is waiting for me right now in my car. And Leslie says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take my car, Leslie's mm-hmm. car, and you're going to go get Diane. 
and I am going to go confront Miss Clip Clop herself. Nice. And try to, you know, intervene. Apparently she's a gouger. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch her eyes. Well, I, I'm impressed that this is, you know, first I was impressed with Diane. Now I'm impressed with Leslie's reaction to totally getting it. And she's going to take a bullet here. Yeah. Which we'll see in a moment. Yes. Yep. Well, over at the party, Chris gets a chance to meet a younger version of himself. And the success of his therapy is about to be put to the ultimate test. Oh, wow. Yelp. Back at the Gergich Christmas party, yeehaw, it's trial by fire for Mr. Traeger as he finds himself now talking face to face with not only Millicent in person, but her fiance Carl as well. What will happen? Wait, wait, wait. We know do want to happen. Let's find out. Harvey, yeah, play this clip, sir. Thank you. Chris, I'd like you to meet my fiance Carl. Well, hi there. Hey, <laughs> how did you two meet? Whitewater rafting. He was the young rafting instructor all the girls were into, and I was the young rafting instructor all the guys were into, <laughs> and then we got together. Uh, so <laughs> random, right? <laughs> what a story. I felt like my heart was whitewater rafting. <laughs> well, I won't keep you guys. It's good to see you. Oh, little tip, there is fat in the eggnog. Okay. <laughs> so, how'd it go? You okay? I'm fine. If therapy has taught me anything, it's that I need to face my fears even when my fears are engaged to a man with a chiseled jawline of a young me. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thank me for what? For looking out for me tonight. You're a good friend. Hmm. Hey, so Gail and Jerry, I've thought about it a lot. There's no logical explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that explains it. It doesn't, but it kind of does. Well, it kind of puts it in a bow saying there is no explanation. Yeah, just don't Let's try. Move just on. move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just move on. Well, Mark, meanwhile, while all that is happening, Leslie finally catches up with Tammy. Mm, lucky her. So I think we're in the the parking lot for the woodworking awards. Sure. Now, yeah. And we see Leslie approaching the Ron mobile from the driver's side. And we, we see, we can see in the car window, we can see Tammy is already inside. She's in the passenger seat, you know, getting herself all prettied up yeah. for Ron. Have they pixelated yet or anything? I, I look away. Look, <laughs> I know when I first saw clash of the Titans, oh, I yeah. know that when the Medusa comes on look. screen, you don't look, yeah, you can't look. Leslie surprises Tammy when she gets in as Tammy was <clears throat> clearly expecting there, Ron. Big... Uh, gross, <laughs> pixelated and all. Uh, Tammy boasts to Leslie, you know what? All I need is to find Ron in the next few hours and he will crumble, which spurs Leslie into action. She puts the keys in the ignition. She revs up the Ron mobile and she takes off with an angry Tammy as a makeshift hostage. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. It's more confinement at this point. That's that's probably yeah. a better description. Yeah. 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 The hostage kidnapping happens later. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, while that's all happening back at the Christmas party, the rest of Team Jerry Dinner, the former meanies, have finally done the right thing. The former meanies. Is this like in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer when the Bumble gets reformed? You're going to forgive them. the damn yeah. star yeah. in the tree? Okay. Yeah. I'm still mad, but Bumble gets to you. <laughs> All right. He mans up. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're back at the Gergich Christmas party and we find ourselves outside by the front door where Anne is once more acting as the gatekeeper to Tom, April and Andy, the uh, former uh, meanies. Um, Jerry walks up as well and cheerfully greets them, admitting he's kind of surprised to see him because, you know, never got their RSVPs. Sure. And we then see April maybe 
a little bit reluctantly, uh, hand Jerry a handful of uh, a pile of dollar bills, <laughs> the Jerry dinner money, as a Christmas present to help pay for his hospital bills. So from the fart attack. Where he nearly farted himself to death, good <laughs> Lord. And Tom tells him that, you know, as explanation, they put a dollar in the box every time they did something mean. Jerry smiles, gratefully and graciously accepts the gift and invites them all to come in. And with that, Tom, April, and Andy walk inside. Jerry goes to follow them, but Andy, I believe, absent-mindedly kind of closes the door behind him, locking Jerry out of his own house. <laughs> P-B-J. Yeah. <laughs> One last I dose. don't think that was malicious. It wasn't malicious, but it kind of was. <laughs> In the sense that he didn't even see him. I kind of feel like that was the universe going, hey, sweet, stupid Andy, close the door. Okay. <laughs> we had to get back in balance. That's what it was. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Mark, I've always called Ron and Tammy Two's relationship a dumpster fire. Well, this next scene literally involves a dumpster and Tammy Two, so close enough. Oh, this is a yeah, highly- Yeah, how are you going to talk us through this? I, I don't, I am going to give it my best shot. This is a highly- visual scene oh yeah and we'd all, be playing this if it weren't so visual. it's also one of the funniest it, it sure is. In, in the entire episode yeah. and several episodes um okay so it's like this it's it starts with ron's car so it it's driving on a dusty road somewhere <laughs> they're in the dark it's not dank but they're in the it's in dark, dark. It's, yeah. it's dusty um one may imagine from this that maybe leslie has been you know driving for a while to try to get tammy yeah. out well, of the tammy picture well tammy said in the next few hours he's mine yeah so she she's literally said oh you only need a few hours well then here's what yeah. i do yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be gone for yeah that they're year. in vegas by now so that we can imagine leslie's probably been driving for a while trying to keep tammy out of the picture yeah. and we hear tammy and leslie bickering inside give me the keys no hey, give it to me never and, <laughs> and and then the car stops and then leslie gets out and she runs away with the keys and and then leslie stops and 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 tammy chases her and then leslie stops by a nearby kind of tall uh, dumpster game over tammy and then she throws the keys blap in like the dumpster stop her and and then tammy angrily says oh yeah here's what i do to you blam and she shoves her into some garbage cans and then tammy heaves herself over the lip of this tall dumpster maybe revealing more than intended to the thank camera god the for process. pixels thank god for pixelation <laughs> it's getting a workout it in really this is, episode yeah. um leslie dives in after her and then they begin kind of grappling like a wwe match in the dumpster <laughs> which apparently just serves to turn tammy off uh. she's nuts and then all of a sudden we hear Tammy proclaim, I got him. I got him. Which I guess it means the keys. Yeah, I think so. I hope. Thank God. And so Tammy jumps out of this tall dumpster and she runs towards the Ron mobile with keys in her hand. And Leslie awkwardly jumps out and like runs after her. Tammy gets in the car, starts it up, prepares to drive away. Leslie, taking a page from the Dukes of Hazard, oh, yeah. dives into the car <laughs> through the window Love as it. Tammy starts to drive off. And then we have a very, very quick camera cut and kind of a flash forward in time, yeah, if you will, yeah. to Tammy and Leslie arriving back at the Woodworking Awards, which has now been over for a while with the building completely vacant. As Tammy calls out for Ron in frustration, <laughs> Leslie makes the mistake of gloating to Tammy. Ha ha, you're, you're too, too late. late. This causes Tammy to grab an axe and start coming after Leslie. They left Leslie. all the sharp objects there. What were they thinking? Leslie runs 
<laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, Tammy was expecting to find Ron and she did not. So next best thing, chop axe. up Leslie with an ax. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that follows. That figures. It sure does. I did the math. Yeah. Just do the math. Yep. Well, speaking of Ron, and he is definitely no longer at the award show, and instead, he's about to introduce Diane to a little place he likes in Eagleton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alan, for this scene, we find ourselves in all places in Eagleton. Eagleton, Alan. Holy cow. It's like Jerry dinner, you know? Sometimes you got to go for the upper echelon. I, I guess Which so, means leaving the town limits. So, you know, we see Ron and Diane sitting together in Cozy's bar where we've been before. I kind of remember. Talking about the events of the day. Hey, Harvey, do us a solid, sir. Play this one last clip. Thanks. She just knows you so well. I was starting to wonder if I was ever going to get to that point. I'm worried that maybe there isn't room in your life for another woman. At this very moment, Leslie is throwing herself in front of a freight train named Tammy. For me, and you. Leslie is a wonderful, loyal friend who's very important in my life, but I would sooner visit Europe than have something romantic happen between us. Although, if you'd like to visit Europe, I like you so much I'd be willing to risk it. Whoa. But not France, right? God, no. (laughs) See, you know me pretty well already, but you're about to get to know me even better. I brought you here because I want to show you something that almost no one knows about. Certainly not Tammy, and not even Leslie Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, and especially the ladies, put your hands together for the one, the only, my man, Mr. Duke Silver. A mighty fine holiday evening to you all. It might be cold outside, but it's about to get warm all up in my jazz. I, of course, am Duke Silver, and I would like to dedicate this first song to my duchess. You're so lucky. I'm going to kill you. Oh. Oh, she's mad. I think it's time to officially retire as Ron's emotional guardian. That's Diane's job now. And she seems more than up to the task. I mean, I'd do anything for Ron. Even spend a whole night fighting his crazy ex-wife. But I think I'm safe. She's got to be tired by now. Hi. Ah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. You know, it's kind of like Alien. It just pops up sometimes. I know. Yeah. I like that scene. Yeah. There's a lot to like about that. I'm There's sure a we'll lot to like about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, finally in the kicker, they say every master criminal gets caught during some sort of mundane, unrelated petty crime. Well, the same is true for the villain of our story today. Is that what they say? Yeah, sure. I need to be, get it well, more up on my sayings. No, seriously. Think about it. Capone, they caught him on tax evasion. Yeah. I mean, like, it just happens all the time. Yeah. That's the only example I got, but it happens all the time. Freaking Capone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I can't argue that. Yeah. All right. So we're at the kicker. We are once again somewhere on a road. I'm going to assume we're in Pawnee because it's the next day. The sun is out. We see Ron and Diane approach Officer Scorgel, which we see once again. You know, this scene, you know what it is 
Remember when they had the 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 rental trucks and they had the rental truck break down on them? Yeah. It's this road. Really? Yeah, I recognize it totally. Wow. I think in real life it's like a block from the Offerman wood shop. Nice. Yeah. You are you are amazing, Alan. This I'm this, a location scout. Why they pay you the big bucks. Anyway, so we see Ron and Diane approach Officer Scorgle, who we've been seeing a lot Love of it. here lately. Yeah, we have. Um, who is standing by Ron's car with Tammy sitting to the side of the road in handcuffs. Apparently, Scorgle pulled Tammy over for driving erratically, ran the plates, saw it was Ron's car, figured it was stolen, yep. called Ron. And they hear some thumping coming from the trunk. <laughs> Ron unlocks it to reveal a disheveled Leslie. Disheveled, but unharmed. Unharmed. That yes. we can tell. <laughs> Fade to black? Yeah. Fade to black. Fade to black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, it's funny because um, Tammy's complaining about the handcuffs. And Diane wants them to take him off, too, so it will be a fair fight. Oh, yeah. And you notice... Tammy looks worried for a second. She should be. uh Uh-oh, that's a warrior princess. I don't want any of that. (laughs) Fade to black. Fade to black. Yeah, that's right. Well, nice job on the breakdown, Mark. Let's um, let's do our thing. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about tropes first, fun facts, and we'll score this thing, and then we'll go home. Capital idea. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back, everybody. Ladies, are you fans of smooth jazz? How about an even smoother jazz saxophone player? Would you like to relax, let your hair down, and experience sonic love? Hello, this is Ron Swanson. If you answered yes to any of the above questions, then I have the perfect nighttime destination for you and your lady friends. Cozy's Bar is located at 829 Division in Eagleton, Indiana. And while I don't normally recommend crossing the Pawnee border into Eagleton, I do recommend Cozy's. Aside from pool tables, great food, talented bartenders, and a great selection of scotch, you can also experience the jazz saxophone stylings of Mr. Duke Silver on the first Thursday of every month, and occasional days here and there in between. Showtimes are at 9 p.m. on weekdays, and 9.30 p.m. on weekends, unless the Colts happen to be on the big screen. Cozy's also has all three of Duke's albums for sale, Smooth as Silver, Hi-Ho Duke, and his latest offering, The Memories of Now. So the next time you lovely ladies need to get away from the tedium of everyday life, meander down to Cozy's during the witching hour, relax, unwind, and follow Duke Silver Trio on a little journey to yourself. In the words of Duke Silver, Come see me. Come talk to me. Come love with me. And maybe we can walk through fire together. Uh, yes. Uh, thank you. That is all. everybody we're back well mark let's start off with our deleted scenes as we normally do we had about five minutes and 20 seconds this week so a pretty beefy chunk um i I, for me i kind of liked them i I clocked eight scenes 
I felt like uh, there were two specifically I liked. There was the Ben and Chris party conversation mm-hmm. talking about Millie. And, you know, Chris has had a really f- couple funny lines in that that I thought were, you know, hey, he feels like this is his personal best, having all these opportunities to freak out and not doing it. Right. And yet, otherwise, it would be the lowest point in this life. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a, a very Chris thing to say. It was. It very was. Yeah. yeah. And then Ben had a really funny talking head in relation to that. So I thought that was almost playable today. But um, the one that really tickled me the most was, remember the lonely, nerdy guy we saw that Ron was so pleased to see? Oh, yeah. Did you see Christian Bexvort? Christian Bexvort, which uh, we'll we'll use this to transition in the fun facts today. How's that? I I love it, dot, dot, dot. Let's Let's do do it. it. Because it turns out that Christian, uh, what's his name there? Bexvort. Bexvort? He's a German gentleman. So, you know, the German names are sometimes a little hard for English to say. But uh, Christian is is a real person, uh, as in that is a real name of a real fine woodworker, a very famous one, in fact. Mm -hmm. He's kind of known for his joinery, as it turns out. Also a contributor to Fine Woodworking Magazine for many years. And if you recall, also in the scene where Ron is about to get the reward for chair. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of the other nominees is named the, Asia Christian. He's mad. Yeah. He gets mad and mad. walks away. Because he's mad. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a real person and get a real out. writer contributor to Fine Woodworking Magazine. In fact, he was editor for about eight years. You're making that up. Nope. Totally real. I love those two. I love the fact that they use these real guys because probably the only person in the world that would know that is actually uh, Nick Offerman. That is so funny. And and I missed it. Really? I, I yeah. But yeah. that but that's hilarious. That it, that, that level of detail yeah. again is there if you attend to it. And, and it goes by so fast if you don't clock it or know to look at it later, it's just totally lost. That's so funny. I love that this shows that rich at times. I, I agree. So speaking of fun facts, goose and tropes, Mark, what would you have this week? I had um, I had four firsts. Um, the the two are kind of gimmies. I feel like you know it's the first appearance of Jerry's wife Gail. Yes, despite being referred to in Many several yeah, previous yeah, yeah. episodes. Um, it's also the first appearance of Jerry's other two daughters mm, besides Millicent, yeah, true. Miriam and Gladys. All with names from the 1800s, but Love I it. yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Um, all of them beauties. Yeah. Um, first, I said, I said, I think this is the first time since he started to have his depressive episodes that Chris actually seems somewhat healthy. I would agree with that. Yeah. So he's on the road to recovery. I think so. Yeah. Like not in a like you barely escape no. scraped by. You did well. It was well done. That. $3,000 to $6,000 per week is paying off. Good Lord. Per week. And I also said, and you, you keep me honest here, yeah. Alan, I, I believe this is the first time ever that Ron voluntarily made someone aware of his alter ego as Duke Silver. Yes. Because the only other people are in the pilot I, I believe Brendanowitz knew. Yes, he and, did. and he refers to cashing in a favor in the That's pilot. Right. And we speculate. I bet it's because he says That's shut your gap. That's a great callback. Yes. Tom Haverford. Yes. Which was season two, episode yep. four practice date when Brendanowitz tells Tom, hey, go to this bar because right. Tom wanted a little bit of leverage for the dirt they were drugging That's up. That's right. Yeah. And then April Ludgate April. Yeah. in 94 meetings in yep. season two when she's mom. like, yeah, yeah, my mom's a middle aged woman. And so I knew exactly who the hell you were when I first met you. But Ron didn't want to tell any of them. No. 
he wanted to do this. That's the difference. Yeah. And and I was a little shocked to find out that Tammy never found out, but I did know that Leslie did not know. Right. I figured the way Tammy stalks him, she would have found him at one point or another. But yeah. the Tammy tie-in here is that, you know, these women love Duke so much. <laughs> that woman is going to kill Diane. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And then she gives her the evil stare there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that wasn't just creepy. like a one and done. I'm going to tell you I'm going to kill you. Then go back to my drink. No. I'm going to stare at you for a while and make down. you wonder. Am I going <laughs> to slash your tires or what? Hopefully it's just the tires. Yeah. Yeah. Did I miss any first? I think those are great first, Mark. Um, I, I didn't have any in addition to those. I just had the two gimmies pretty much. And then I liked your other two as well. Um, what about tropes? I had a few. I had a I had a lot of tropes. I had... I had a whole bunch that were Ron centric. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you have Ron loves woodworking. Yes. Ron is Duke Silver. Yep. Ron hates Europe. Yep. I said, Tammy messes with Ron. There's a better way to word that. But sure. Let, let, that's a gimme. Yeah. We're an adult show. We can't really say it though. Yeah. Yeah. The Swanson giggle. <laughs> I love the Swanson giggle. The little Swanson run oh when he gets gosh. excited. Yes, he did. Um, Ron's middle name is Ulysses. Yes. Which I don't know if that's a trope, but they, they, eh. We didn't learn it in this episode. I think the bigger trope might be that Ron is secretive, right? Secretive Ron. Because there's a lot of that here. Ulysses is a piece of it. Duke Silver is a piece of it. I had to remember when we first learned that. That was the, it was the premiere of season four when we got introduced to Tammy one and she served him the audit papers. That's right. Ulysses right right there on the paper. Yeah, with Patricia Clark. I totally forgot that. Um, I had a sweet, stupid Andy, which you're, you're often better at doing subcategories of that. So sometimes I take the easy way out, but he's kind of sweet, stupid. I'd roll it up today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I said fun with names in the sense that we have officer Scorgle, which is just funny. And Jerry Snurfle. We had others in the deceased woodworking thing in the deleted yes. scenes, but of course that's not canon. I, I had it for the same reason before I watched the deleted scenes. Nice. So, nice, good nice, catch. nice. Yep. Um, but well, you're right. In the deleted scenes, I didn't mention that. There's a much longer clip of the, you know, the dedication to those we've lost which this I year love. to the sawmill in the sky. Yep. And they're like, and they pair these crazy names with a very basic wood, which is great. It's just so good. Yep. Staff Jerkins. Poplar. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have, oh, also for fun with names, the fact that all Jerry's daughters have names that sound like they're from the 1800s. Pretty good. Eh, yeah. It kind of qualifies. I think it fits. Um, PBJ. Oh my God. At yeah. least a little bit, even yeah. though, oh, I'll get to that later. Yeah. I'll get to that later. Fair enough. Um, ben mugs the camera, enough for whiplash. <laughs> Um, I mean, not only did he mug the camera, he literally stared into my soul for about four seconds once or twice. Yeah. It's like yeah. you watch his head and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Andy mugs to the camera Andy, a few times. Yeah, a couple of times. Um, when he's being sweet, stupid Andy. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I felt like this is an appropriate trope. I don't know that we've done this before, but now we can officially. Gurkich women are beautiful. Mm. That's G-Wob to you. <laughs> Because we need another acronym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which confuses Ben to no end, I might Oh, my God, yeah. Um, Did I miss any? Well, actually, you know what? That's very interesting you say that. Because one of my tropes was Ben doesn't get it. Because we've seen that before about little Sebastian. But now it's about the Gergage women. Wow. Now, neither do we in fairness. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. I forgot about that. You're right. And I created a new one. I'm going to, I feel like it's going to happen again. And this is really the first time it's kind of happened. Maybe, maybe the second. I said, Ron meets his idols. 
Mm. Now, you kind of encapsulated that in your woodworking trope, but I don't know. He was so giddy about meeting these actual people, especially Christians in there, that that just killed me. So. No, you know what? I think that that's accurate because I think it's only during these rare moments when he meets his idols yeah. that he kind of <laughs> he gets like, all, like a little gets kid. Giddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Or Arthur's bacon wrapped around something. But yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> no food driven Ron here. We did miss that one. But otherwise. Was he food driven, Ron? He was not today. He was not today. Okay. No. Now, had this been a, a real banquet, you know, they could. Oh, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't do that. Had he been at the buffet table oh, at Jerry's yeah. uh, at Christmas the party. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yes. He would have gone to Gale and asked for more bacon. Yes. Mark, how about goofs? Any goofs this week? I had I had one. I got this from the wide, wide world of web mm. and I would title this under freeze frame fun. Yeah. If you're watching from the DVD or you're streaming the yep. episode, if you go to around 11 minutes and 30 seconds and yep. this is where Jerry's starting to play the piano and he and his wife and daughters are performing the Christmas tune for the guests for the next 15 seconds or so. You can see a lot of different camera angles showing, uh, you know, different things, but a lot of them show that Jerry's hands are actually stationary yeah. the whole time and not playing the piano, which you it's know. usually when he's kissing Gail, but Alan, the the magic of Hollywood destroyed once again. <laughs> no, that that didn't bother me. I just no. thought it was more interesting than anything else. No. If we ever get a chance to have Jim on the show, we'll just have to ask him why he's not a better actor. Yeah. So, yeah. What the hell's up with your hands, Come on, buddy? Man. Come on. Yeah. Your like... hands cannot act worth a damn. <laughs> did I miss any? The rest any? of him acts just fine, though. No, I think that's all I had there on, on the goofs. I did have one other fun fact, uh, kind of circling back to those before we move on. And I don't know if you have any, but, you know, you said it was the first appearance of Gail, played by Christy Brinkley. Yeah. Who is actually nine years and two days older than Jim O'Hare. Wow. That's just shocking. So I would put her at, like, what, 70? <laughs> well, I mean, Jerry's supposed to be in his 70s or 60s. So, yeah. But uh, she is now, but not at the time. She looked good. She looked great. Yeah. Still does. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Good jeans. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Jordash. <laughs> the, the only other thing I had for fun facts is yeah. um, all the women who play the Gergich daughters have had uh, guest starring roles on the sitcom How I Met Your Mother. Oh, that's funny. But just interesting. Yeah. wonder if there's a connection there. Hmm. I never yeah. made the connection. Yeah. Hmm? Maybe we can have one of them on the show and ask him. I like that. I like that sitcom. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I only saw the first season. I need to go back and probably watch that now. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I it's heard good. it got better. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, nice job on those, Mark. Why don't we get into our scores, right? All right. Here we go. All right. So this this may seem like a, a, a gimme, uh, Alan, but I'm going to say it just, just for the sake of comparison. Yeah, I know who your MVP is. It's oh, like done. Yeah fanboy over here yeah. but I, I i went against my urge to just to just say ron good night everybody dun, 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 dun. I, I i so ron and who or whom sorry i said nick offerman and amy poehler okay i see why you did and i i feel like i almost went down that road i did not so i'm glad hmm. well you're wrong but but uh, so here's <laughs> here's my thought process the first thing i noticed when i looked at the b story and the c story is they had a pretty good spread of of scenes and funny moments. This was a good use of their deep comedic bench. Mm. And so I looked at the B story and the C story and I thought everyone did a really good job, but I didn't really feel like anyone outshone anybody else. So mm. I thought, okay, they're good, okay. but, but my, my MVP or MVPs are going to yeah. come from the A story. Okay. And I, I, 
I I could have given it to either Nick Offerman or Amy Poehler or even Megan Mullally at a certain point. But in the end, I let Nick and Amy share the honors. So for Ron, we we not only saw the continued building of Swanson legend and lore, which I am a sucker for as a Ron fanboy, but we also saw great Swanson tropes like the giggle, the run, how much Tammy distracts him, uh, how much Diane means to him. Um, So we had the ha-has as well as the heart moments, as we like to say. Um, Ron Swanson's squeeing and giddy joy about an elderly skilled woodworker was just freaking adorable. <laughs> that that he thinks that this alone boring old man would be swamped with like-minded oh, yeah. fans yeah. just caps off the joke perfectly. Yeah. Having said all that, and as a self-admitted Ron fanboy, I will concede that giddy slash running slash giggling Ron is so powerful. It is important that it's not used too frequently. Mm. And I think that they've done a good job with that. Because yeah, it's like freaking that. funny when they do it. Yep. Um, for Leslie, for Amy Poehler, honestly, I think we could say the same thing. I think she brought the ha-has and the heart. I, Leslie elevated her own crazy level to go toe-to-toe with she who must not be named, Miss <laughs> Clip-Clop herself, Tammy yep. too, and had several genuine belly laugh moments and also brought the heart to it. I must say, I particularly liked, and we'd kind of talked about this or hinted about it a little bit, Alan. I liked how Diane laid it out for Leslie, explaining that while on the surface, Tammy too seems like a total terror. The truth is, as a middle school vice principal, she yeah. deals with hormonal psychopaths all the time. So, <laughs> but Leslie's level of intimacy with Ron, that caused her a bit of concern. I like that. I like how that resonates. It makes That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, in a symbol, in a similar way, I also like the symbolic passing of the torch from Leslie to Diane with mm. regards to being Ron's emotional guardian, quote unquote. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, I'm also working with the R&D department here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters, sure. Alan, uh, regarding a theorem I have, which is that <laughs> anytime Leslie fights someone, score increases by one point. Oh, wow. Just, you know, that alone. We'll have to track that and see if that's, that's true. Right, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a few other notes. We had a good list of guest stars. So just to kind of go down. Of course, the great Megan Mullally as Tammy Swanson, a.k.a. Yep. Tammy, too. Um, the great Lucy Lawless as Diane Lewis. Yep. Um, Senior Warrior Princess. Yep. <laughs> the Warrior Princess. Uh, Christy Brinkley as Gail Gergich. Oh, Holy yeah. cow. Uh, Sarah Wright reprising her role as Millicent Gergich. Yep. Um, Jim Meskimen as Martin Housley, yep. who we talked about. Yeah. Um, Peter Port as Carl, Millie's fiance, which may have been a one and done. He didn't have a lot of dialogue. So. He was okay. Um, and he, he, I don't know if we, I, I'm trying to remember if we see Millicent again. I think we do in a couple episodes um, later. Millicent, we see in one more episode. Okay, that sounds right. And I think Jerry's retirement. That's right. That's say. the episode. Um, and finally, last but not least, uh, Tracy Howe as Officer Scorgle again, yeah. who yeah. I think makes a he he looks like a Scorgle. He does look like a Scorgle. He looks, he like, looks like a cop. So well done. Um, I, I already mentioned I thought there was a decent use of their bench. It seems like everyone had a few scenes to shine, including Donna and Jerry, yep. which I know are kind of our yardstick for did you use everybody? But I think they really, really did. Um, I mean, in addition to all the guest stars, you yep. know, I also thought this had a nice Christmas episode feel to it, which I totally admit I am a sucker for. So, you know, look out for that. Um, I thought there were a lot of fantastic one-off moments. 
Um, Leslie's horribly cheesy congratulate Christmas Carol in the cold <laughs> open was hysterical. Um, April trying to trick her way indoors by pretending she was pregnant. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Complete with the breathing. Andy being fascinated by a buffet being inside. Cause he didn't know he could do that. You can't do that. Um, the concept of Anne taking a stab at stand up. I don't know why that just made me laugh. Cause ridiculous. <laughs> Guys, um, cardigan. Jerry Gale and Jerry Gale and their girls doing the Christmas tune was ridiculous but sweet. It was mm-hmm. perfect. I love so it. Gurgich. It's it is so Gurgich and it struck all the right yeah. chords with me. Yeah. Megan Mullally, oh my God, with almost too many moments to count. She gets more brazen, I think, with every single episode yes. she's in, and I freaking love her for yep. it. Um I particularly liked how it was, how of the four meanies, it was Donna who overruled the Jerry dinner group to invite mm-hmm. Jerry to dinner. Yep. I think there's always been an unwritten understanding in the series that Donna maybe has a little bit of a soft spot for Jerry, yep, maybe like so. in a brother yep. sister sort of a yep. way. I know uh, that as well. And in general, I think she has a good heart under her charismatic exterior. So, um, I also thought this episode seemed to have a running theme of, of satisfying closure. So like, for example, we can recall so far in the series, we've had episodes named Ron and Tammy, Ron and Tammy part two, and even Ron and Tammy's plural. Yeah. And each of these episodes provided not only an explanation of the fascinating Swanson legend expansion, excuse me, of the fascinating Swanson legend and lore, but also showed the chink in the mustache clad armor <laughs> Ron usually wears, which is his weakness for strong brunette women. Yeah. Now, however, it's Ron and Diane. And more than a hint that I think Ron has found his happily ever after and mm-hmm. his days of being pushed around by the various Tammies have come to an end. Yep. And I think it's a sign of how strong Ron and Diane's relationship are, that Diane's more bothered by the intimacy he has with Leslie than with freaking Freakzilla of Tammy too, <laughs> pixelated <laughs> as she is. Um, we got a reminder that Chris and Ben originally arrived in Pawnee together as a team. They were from Indianapolis, so they have a deep friendship of their own, you know? Mm. Uh, and, and Ben gets to witness Chris being more stable. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> Being able to view time. things in a more emotionally yep. mature light. Maybe 15 sessions a week isn't crazy after all. <laughs> and finally, I think even though we've talked about it in the past, I think this episode cements one fact for us in the Pawnee universe. Jerry is awesome. Introducing Christy Brinkley as Jerry's wife, Gail, seeing Brilliant. all three of Jerry's beautiful, perfect, loving daughters, the opulence and joy of the party it all goes to show that despite being mercilessly mocked at the office, Jerry possibly has the best life out of anyone in Pawnee. And in that sense is rich beyond measure. He said he's blessed many times. And we he, never he really is. understood until now. And not just because of what the doctor found out. Well, yeah, Zia, that man has the largest I've ever seen. Yeah. That's just being greedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So on to the crazy Mark rubric. I'm going to give this sucker a 4.5 base score. I thought all three storylines were well-written. I almost gave it a five. Uh, engaging. I think all three storylines have potential long-lasting plot relevance. I, I liked all of them. Um, I'm going to give half a point each to each of my MV- episode co-MVPs, Nick sure. Offerman and Amy Poehler. For Just one of job. many cheater combos I expect. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. You know me well, yeah. Sir Allen of the Roundtable. Yeah. So a point there. I'm going to give a half point for a great job by all the wonderful guest stars. I won't go into the list again. Um, 
and now some true cheater combos. I'm going to give half a point for something I've done before, and I'm going to do it again here for the bookend combo. Yep. The great cold open with Leslie being appropriately ridiculous over the top and as excited as she both congratulates Ron and <laughs> celebrates Christmas. Plus, satisfying kicker with Tammy getting arrested. And and I love Diana urging Scorgle to take the, the, the cuffs off. <laughs> the cuffs off, yeah. Because... Tammy is a terror, but she's also like a bitty thing. Mm -hmm. And Lucy Lawless is not a delicate flower. She is not. I think she would obliterate Tammy. Yes. I want to see it, actually. I do, too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a point, uh, an entire point for what I call the Gergich combo. Wonderful introduction to Jerry's wife, Gail, as well as his other two daughters, Miriam and Gladys. Plus Ben's reaction to how beautiful the Gergich <laughs> women are. Plus all of them singing the Christmas tune together, which was fantastic. Plus the satisfying confirmation that deep down Jerry is a great man, a kind man, and may well be luckier than any of us. Ian said it well in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I'm going to give an entire point as well to the Tammy combo. Tremendous return of the great Megan Mullally as Tammy too. Plus Tammy's interactions with both Ron and Leslie. Plus the dumpster fight OMG, which yeah. I will note, this wasn't even the first time that Leslie fought another woman in a pile of trash. <laughs> Hashtag Lindsay Carlisle Shea. Oh my God. So true. I'm going to give a half point for, in my opinion, a satisfying resolution to all three storylines. And I'm going to give one more half point for a truly tremendous job by the always funny and talented Megan Mullally. She, she truly, truly, in my opinion, turned this episode up to an 11. I think that's fair. Not that 11 is my official little Sebastian score, which <laughs> speaking of which that, that'd get you a bad parking spot. Again. Oh, I yeah. don't. You're don't telling do me yeah. Buster. Yeah. So you add all those crazy Mark yeah. points up. What's the math? At? How's that? It, math out? it maths out to 9.5 little Sebastians. Um, Alan, I'm not sure what it is about the last few episodes, but it seems like they've really been hitting the sweet spot for me. Like, I really liked them a lot. As for this episode, I'll finish my thoughts by saying two things. First, I'm truly a sucker for a Christmas episode. I've said that before. It just gives me the feel. So yep. I really like it. Second, this episode reinforced my opinion that truly the relationship that is at and, and in fact defines the core of this show has always been and will always be between Leslie and Ron. So... Mark's official score for season five, episode nine, Ron and Diane, 9.5, Little Sebastians. Over to you, Alan. Rock that scuba. Rock that scuba. Yep. Nice job, Mark. Um, and I'd say kind of starting where you left off, basically that balance and the, the, the heart of the show continuing to be Ron and Leslie's relationship. Yep. It's, it's up there. And I'll say another note about that here in a second, but not enough that I gave them MVPs this week. Oh, I, I, I totally get why you gave that MVP combo and I won't even argue with it, but I went a different way. How'd you do? So what I said was I gave it to Lu Lucy Lawless and Megan Mullally. All right. The guest stars. And we don't, we've done that a couple times, but not very often. I know I've done it before, but I feel like, you know, Lucy Lawless specifically, you know, kind of taking this situation, you know, um, with with Leslie and Tammy in stride and trusting that Ron is sincere in his interest for her. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that she did that. Now, she does eventually tell Ron her her challenge with Leslie. But again, she's calm during all this and she's not like, you know, she's not freaking out. She's not freaking out, but she's sincere and she gives Ron the chance to kind of address her concern, which I think is a great character moment for for her character 
um, of Diane. Uh, for Megan Malawi, I said, just so freaking funny, a, a terrific, comically manic Tammy too, right? Yeah. I mean, just, and again, the pixelization and so all the, the crotch shots and stuff. And you could say like <laughs> the pointing to the crotch if you didn't see it in the first place. I mean, it's, it's, you could say it's over the top at the same time. We hadn't seen it in a while, so I was ready for it again, I think. And in contrast with with the Diane character, it's just that much funnier. Mm -hmm. And then putting Leslie in this really super awkward position of having to be the, you know, the protector, the gatekeeper uh, of that arrangement was pretty good, I think. So I, I feel yeah. like I get, I want to recognize those two performances. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. I even said I could, I, I included Megan Mullally as a potential yep. candidate. I just went a different way. I got to respect that. Yep. Absolutely. Mark, I felt like this, as you did, had a great use of the bench. Um, you know, I feel like Donna got a little bit of extra screen time, which was nice to see. She got to be the voice of reason of the meanies there. And, and I think part of that is that she has this kind of protective thing for Jerry. And she's done it before subtly, yeah. and she does it again here. Yeah. And I like that. Me too. Because um, and, and, I think everybody secretly likes Jerry, even April. But she didn't want to admit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's too easy to make him the punching bag and too much fun. And apparently you can save a lot of money doing so. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought in addition to that um, and Jerry and Jerry got, you know, just being there at the host of the party and, and introducing his wife and singing and the girls. I mean, it was a great use of Jim O'Hare, too. So yeah. those two got a lot in this episode that we don't see often enough. Right. And we've talked Agreed. about that balancing act where, okay, who are you stealing it from? Right. They still had a great guest star. Yep. Who got enough screen time. They did, I feel like maybe take a little bit off the table from, from Tom and from Andy and April, but at the same time, what they left was still really good. Yeah. Like everybody had a really funny standout moment in this, whether it was, you know, who cares how many seconds it was. I think if you want to use that as your benchmark, for the bench depth usage, so to speak, um, then then it really was very well balanced in that regard, I think. I agree. Yeah. Probably one of the best we've seen in a while. Um, I thought the story premise was actually kind of realistic. Like that, the, the, you know, that I keep wanting to call her Lucy, that Diane in this case, you know, is a little bit concerned about, especially for someone who has no other real visceral relationships, for Ron to have this relationship with Leslie, is very interesting. Mm -hmm. and coming at it from her perspective, I can totally see why she kind of put the brakes on and wanted to see what that was all about. I also think it's interesting because, I mean, as a fan of the show, you might have wondered from the very beginning, like a lot of sitcoms, are they eventually grooming yeah. these two yep. to get together, so to speak? Yep. And I, even though you kind of get the impression, no, no, you never really heard Ron say, hell no. Yeah, until this episode. And yet value Leslie very, very strongly. Totally. Well, I think not only the way he said, hey, that will never happen because to Leslie, but also to Diane, but then explained why she is important to him. It was really well done. I, I felt like in general, the writing in this episode is stellar. It was, it was tight. Yeah, it was very tight. So hats off to our to our episode writer um, and the whole team, of course. Um, I thought that, you know, it would have been interesting to see. I also like Tammy's, I also like Diane's interactions with Tammy too. And I think the only way they could have been better 
beyond the verbal threat that Diane issued with the handcuff taking mm. off would have been if we would have literally seen her just like pound or threaten to pound her in real life. Right. Like that would have been really, and, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I went and looked, they're going to both be in episodes 21 and 22 from season six. It's a two-parter. So I'm really curious because I feel like I have a memory of that actually happening. And maybe it's in that episode. I don't remember though. And I feel like that that kind of needs to happen. You need someone to come along and slay the dragon that's yes. been terrorizing you. Yeah. And and I'm who glad better than that, a warrior princess. Well, there who better? And I'm glad in, in the same regard that that mantle has now passed from Leslie to Diane. I mm-hmm. think it's not only appropriate, but you know, Leslie's got a lot of other stuff on her plate. Right. So it's kind of nice to see. Um, from the A story, the, so that really kind of covers the A story. The, the only other thing I said there is I love that Ron revealed Duke Silver to her as kind of the the way to show that you know here's something special for what her. What a nice that tip! He's of not going to give to anybody else, like you said. And I and I think that was the first time we really really seen Duke Silver since season two. Yeah, no, it's been a while. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome comeback. We had a brief moment of him there and the. Uh, During the recording studio. The recording studio, but secretively. Right. Except for April. Yeah. So that was good. In the B story, I thought it was, you know, kind of semi-realistic to see this, the, the meanies get this karmic payback for being mean to Jerry. And I liked in particular that the way they wrote it was that when they finally had to fess up and say that, you know, they're there and why they're there, instead of telling Jerry that they have saved this money from every time that he did something stupid, they said it was because it was every time that they did something mean to him. I thought that was terrific. That was pretty sweet. And it's very subtle and it wasn't like hit you in the head kind of mushy. But at the same time, I thought it was nice. Yeah. I liked I, liked I agree. That. It's kind of yeah. poignant. And I liked that they did a good job of crossing the B story into the C story with Chris and Millie. You know, we're, we're tracking kind of what is a very minor C story, almost Agreed. a half story, really, Agreed. between Ben and Chris. And I think we've both been annoyed with some of those in the past because they either detracted from the AB stories or they just didn't have enough oomph to hold like them just up. just like, this is filler. Filler. Right. But I didn't feel like this was filler and the way that, and mostly because they crossed it into the B story. I thought they did a really good with job that. with that. So yeah. again, back to the good writing, right? Yes, very tight. Last thing I'll say is I I liked Anne in this episode in particular. Again, once again, the voice of reason, blocking the meanies yeah. at the door. Like I just I think they do good things with her in a very subtle way, and this was no different for me. Yeah, she so. she was the moral sherpa. She is the moral sherpa. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and you know, with all the other crazy going on in this episode, it's nice to have a little bit of that in there too. So for me, nine point five little Sebastians. All right. So you were correct this week. I was going to say, unlike last week, we didn't agree fully. I'm going to I'm not going to let you talk me out of my score, even though I I, I was fanboying a little. I was fanboying a little bit last week, a little bit. But 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 this time I was like, hey, nuts to you, Alan. I don't care what you say. I'm (laughs) I'm still firm. Nine point five. Doggone it. I can see the resolution. Yeah, this I, I would argue. This may be my favorite episode of the season so far. This is the best episode of season five. I, I I will I maybe I mean maybe well so far so right? okay I mean, this Ms. is the Mr. ninth Predictor. episode of season five right. we've got quite a few to go so so far I agree see. this is the top of the heap yeah you're gonna have to do pretty good to beat this one yep my gut is the best you will do is to tie it we'll see we'll see dot 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 yeah speaking of that Mark we'll be back next week with season five episode ten two parties or in the next two weeks well yeah two weeks. 
We'll be back in two weeks. The way we've been going with yeah. this. Yeah. We're going to finish out the rest of the year that way, and then we'll see what we do in January. I will admit to you, I don't know if I remember this episode. I have looked at it very briefly. I've not yet rewatched it. Um, seeing some of the images from it, just looking at briefly on IMDb, for example. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this episode exists. Couldn't tell you much about it beyond that. So it'd be fun to see in our off week here how what we think about that episode when we come back. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice job today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, happy Thanksgiving if you're listening to this in the real time. Absolutely. Happy whatever if you're not. And <laughs> That's uh, right. we look forward to seeing you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.